episode one, recorded July 28th, 2021. Uh, all right. Hey, Robert. How are you? Well, hello there. Uh, pretty good. So this is going to be the first uh, episode of a show that we're calling Armchair Musicology. So what's going to go down is each of us made this playlist that sort of describes what the music environment was when we were growing up. So it's going to be about the music that that we were exposed to, that resonated with us, that we didn't necessarily have a choice in. We didn't really have a lot of agency. Involuntary it, taste making. Yeah. I think this was what this is. I think that's I think that's a really, really good way to describe <laughs> it. Um and so that's going to reflect sort of so I feel like some important information is our age. So I'm thir- I'm I'm gonna be thirty eight. I am 38. You are 38. Yep. So we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. We grew up together. We uh, grew up in like, so you, you were born in Liberty. I was born in Houston, technically. Because no one's born in Liberty there's or Dayton. A, there's a hospital in Liberty, but no, like, I don't think anyone was actually born there. I, 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 I went to that emergency room when oh, I, was, I was in high school. There's, <laughs> I don't think people are. No, I was there for surgery at some point in my life. And oh, my God. Not, yeah, it was not pleasant. Okay, this is probably not where we wanted to be going with this conversation. So, but it's context <laughs> for our for our, our culture. This is about music and culture. But so also uh, maybe what's important to know is so yeah, we're roughly thirty eight. So that means I was born in eighty three. So to give a context of what might have been out at the time or what was out coming out, you know, in the next couple of years, that sort of thing. Right, right, right. And so so small Texas town growing up to like blue collar parents, you know, that's basically our same, we have a very similar background. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's, what's going to be interesting. So there's a lot of things that are very similar on these playlists. And then there's things that are very different that indicate that we were exposed to very (laughs) different things. And I think that that is, I think that is absolutely fat. That's absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool how close, how close of a shave it all was in some ways. Yeah. And then how it just wildly it diverged in others. Right, 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 right. So I guess like, so anyway, so that's what we're doing here. So the, and, and, you know, these playlists will be available. There will be like Richard's proto musicology and there will be Robert's. And so you can kind of compare and contrast and, uh, and all that good stuff. So, but I guess like the first thing is I'm just going to kind of like rattle off, some sort of thoughts and questions to you mm-hmm. about this. So, because I, because so for me, I'll, I'll say anything that we're going to bring up here that I've added, I have a very specific point of context for it all. Like I have a very specific memory of it, or I have a very specific source of it, or something like that. So it's not that. Uh, like I think I mentioned when we were talking about doing this episode, like that I wanted to maybe things you just kind of came across or things Mm -hmm. that just uh, you happened upon in the world. Mm -hmm. And some of that is the case, but some of it's very much like, or most of it is very much, I have a very specific memory tied to this and that's how I, how it found me, I guess, really. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, I I would agree with all that. There's only one song, there's only one song that I picked that 
that I don't have specific memories of, and that was that was the uh, Born Country, okay, the, the Alabama song because I felt that that just, you know, because so that was what happened to me when I was going through and I was like picking these songs because I most of these most of the songs like seventy five percent of it I just I knew from memory. Yeah, I didn't have to go and like which one, which one should I, which I'd like. No, I knew I was like I'm the river, the live version from Bruce Springsteen, the war. You know, I my boyfriends, I knew all of this. Roll on, you know what I mean, all yep, of it. Same, same. And so, but as I was listening to these, I was like, how goddamn good is Alabama, right? <laughs> and so it sent me down this Alabama rabbit hole, and <laughs> the old Alabama rabbit hole. Oh, dude, well that must be uh, that that could be one of their lyrics, or or like a Tennessee, uh, like a Tennessee <laughs> dunghill, you know? Uh, that's me, yeah, that's the X-rated. Cause it, yeah, because their their lyrics are are ridiculous. Because it's if you listen to a lot of it, it's like Southern word salad. Like it's like let's just take capitals and let's just take states and let's just mix all this shit up and we're gonna put the like the most beautiful like melodies and and like harmonies that you've ever heard. Fantastic harmonies, yeah. And um, but it's based it's it's like Southern word salad. It really um, is. And so okay, I'll I'll get started getting into this. Right, a little right, bit. right. Sorry, but so but. Well, I went down that rabbit hole. I got, I heard that song "Born Country," yes. and I was like, "Well, that that describes." Even though I don't have a specific memory of that song, I was like, "That describes how it felt growing up." Like that, that feels like my mom and my dad. That feels like all all of that. You know what I mean? Um, sure. So that's the only one that's on there that is that I don't have like a specific memory. It's just sort of like a to. vague mood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I heard it and I was like, oh, I like this feels like tangible. Like, oh, there's my childhood right there. Got it. There's my family, you know. Uh so Alabama, like what something that struck me when I was listening to um so okay, so if you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That was one that I saw on your list and I was like, Of course, why didn't I think like why didn't that come to mind? It's absolutely one of these songs. So I'll put it on my list too. But listening to the lyrics to that song again, I was like, okay, we're listening to Alabama. We're talking about got to play in Texas. <laughs> These motherfuckers have some authority on as to what should happen music-wise in the state of Texas. <laughs> Furthermore, they are they are talking about how it's going to affect a Louisiana man. It, it is it is the best and most confusing lyrics I've ever heard. So I, I actually tr- I had the same exact thought, <laughs> and I like tried to like dig it. You know, like what? You know, like oh, let me look behind the lyrics or whatever. And Louisiana man is in quotes, and yes. I'm like, oh, is this a song? Yes. So that, that's what I came to the realization of today, actually earlier, because uh, I went back and read those lyrics, and I was like, oh, okay, not quite as egregious. Still, who the fuck are you to tell me? Okay, <laughs> that <laughs> that lead guitar is hot. But I remember being a kid. And hearing like, you know, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to fill band. I'm like, fuck yes, Texas. That's where I'm from. And then like. I do have to have a fiddle in the band. I, like, I don't know what a fiddle is, but let's goddamn yeah. get one. And <laughs> it's making me feel proud. That lead guitar is hot, but not for Louis- Who the fuck is Louisiana? And why did the, do these assholes not know that Louisiana is different from Texas? What is wrong? <laughs> right. With these. I'm so confused. <laughs> and, right. That's what it strikes you as is like. Alabama just like looked at the southern United States and said, <laughs> "Eeny, meeny, put, miny, Texas." Put those words in there. Yeah, like yeah. So I don't think they ever put Florida. I don't think there was ever a Florida lyric. 
Um, we can only hope not. So, but yeah, I was so I I sort of went down an Alabama, an Alabama rabbit hole, and I was really sort of, I was like, oh, this all all of this is is great. Yes. Um, but my sort of Alabama. So the song for me, so my because when I was younger, my dad went on a lot of fishing trips. And so he would be out of town for the weekend or a week or something like that. And and we would I would get this record. Like I have the actual LP here. Okay. I'd get this record, you know. Nice. Hello. All right. And um and and I would listen to the first track, which was Roll On. So which it's like, you know. I'd never heard of this song. So um, so, you know, it's like, it's, it's about like a, a, a family and like the dad's like an 18 wheeler driver, you know, and like, this is a song that you sing when I'm out on the road, mm-hmm. you know, roll on daddy till you get back home, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, look at that hair too. I mean, oh dude, it's incredible. All these guys, like this guy looked like my dad. So I was okay, like okay. really kind of smitten with it. I was like, I felt really close to it. Right. And so, um, now as you, as you know, my dad died when I was, when I was quite young. So when I was like six or so, but I have memories of listening to this because he was just going on trips. Sure. So when I was like four and whatnot. Okay. So the other day I was out on, I was going for a walk and I was like making this playlist and I was like, I knew this was going to be on it. And so I, I, I put it on it and, and I, and when I was listening to this song, like, like I started crying, like I, like from my bones, oh, like, man. like, like the, just hearing this, like this song, the, the mute, the music for that song, it's not just something that I remember. It is, it is, it is in, it is part of me. It is in my body, maybe more than any other piece of music I've ever been exposed to ever in my life. You are the 18 wheeler. I, I am. And and I didn't know. I didn't remember about like the third verse or the bridge where it's like, oh, well, dad must be dead. <laughs> and so I didn't I did not remember that. So it it uh really, really incredibly like powerful wow. uh song for me, you know. You're right, right. So but I also have like another another surprise here. So you know, so I've kept this face down here. So you know when we went through Spotify uh-huh. and we made the playlist, uh-huh. I don't know if you remember what the cover yes. looked like was. Okay, so you ready to see the original? Yes, I am. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. That wasn't on there nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not that's not on there now. Um yep. and so and cause I, I well, there's a lot of that apparently, uh, actually. Yeah. So I was, I was looking at, um, when I was like, when I found the thumbnail for it, I was like, that ain't, I was like, that ain't, that is not, that's not what the original one was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does kind of like, um, it does sort of drive home that point that like for a lot of us ignorant kids, Oh, it's just an American flag. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. They just changed to yep. an American flag. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just Photoshop the shit. But like for a lot of um, like this is the, the, that's the, you know the Confederate flag is like the equivalent for a lot of ignorant Southern kids growing up was sort of like the, it's like the equivalent of someone having like 
the college that they went to flag on their front yard. Like it's yep. just, it's just a thing that you see around. That's like, Hey, you don't have to be, you know, this is, it's okay to be proud to be from here. You don't know anything about the civil war. You don't know anything about any of that. You don't know, right. you know what I mean? So, um, it's so many people have it. So you think it has to be, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem bad. There can't be a problem. Right. And so that's obviously not the case. And that's not an excuse now and and why Alabama yep. changed it, um, obviously. Yep. But uh, but anyway, I just thought that was kind of fun to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, but that's kind of uh, like not to like dive off into that. But that is something that like I was thinking about a little bit as I like dug into like their catalog. You know what I mean? Because there's all this there's like some really great like. Um, like 40 hour, the 40 hour work week, like this is for the Detroit steel work or Pittsburgh mm. steel workers in the Detroit, all this sort of stuff. And it's like all this, like for the man who brings the mail and, you know, and all the people that work behind the scenes. And there's all this like working class solidarity. Cause you're going to segue to Springsteen after this is what you're telling me. <laughs> I wasn't intending to, <laughs> um, uh, but you Unless know, you to front load all the, all the labor, uh, talk, all the labor, sure. talk. but there's all that, but you know, so, but there's all this like working class solidarity that um that you don't hear from like you don't you don't hear that from like from artists or bands or you don't hear that from people who like supposedly should resonate with this music nowadays you know what i mean like people who are like southern pride this or that like they don't they're not like this is for the people like we need we need we need to stand up for the people who bring the mail Right. Like, you don't, oh, you, you hear the opposite of that these days, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. 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 And, and so, um, and I just, I think that that, I think that there's, I don't want to get into it now because that's going to be a whole other, like, really kind of subtle, deep, so, you know, conversation about how socio political things change right. and racism and how things have changed in the past sort of 30 years. But I, I just, there's something that's really nostalgic about Alabama's music and like really, really romantic about the worldview that they present. <laughs> and it's like this, even though it's not real, it's like, this is the, 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 the country boy, the, 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 the growing up country, the Southern thing that everyone is sort of still yearning for that they feel used to exist, but I don't think it ever really existed. Um, yeah, the, the whole American dream sort of thing, but, yeah. but of a different of a different part of the country, sort of. Yeah, and like you know, I'm I'm totally content to just live a good life like my mom and dad and work hard, and yeah, and that's all I want. This is where I want to raise my kids, and you know, because I grew up having those same dreams. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want to do. You know, that's all I wanted to do was like, oh, well, I want to find a girl in high school and marry them and have kids just like my parents did. That just was, like my daddy did. Yeah. Like that was all I wanted to do. And, and, and like a lot of these songs sort of represent my, like my deep desire <laughs> to do that, you know? Interesting. Interesting. So, so I, I kind of came at it from a different angle. We could say, uh, although a no less, uh, I mean, some of the same takeaways that you had where it's like Alabama and likewise, just a lot of the other country artists on here mm -hmm. who, you know, I listened to for years when I was a kid for, because that's what was playing in the house by and large. 
Um, but I, I don't think I ever had any desire to make that a reality for me, but it was very comforting mm -hmm. to, to hear that sort of thing. It was very, it, so what I took away from a lot of these songs, going back and listen to them, cause I haven't listened to this stuff in a long time, specifically the country. Uh, but you know, the, the George Strait, that, that Mark Chestnut, especially he's from like Beaumont, uh, Alan Jackson, all this other shit, every, everything else you had on your list as well. Uh, it's very comforting. It's very simple. And you know, the, the, the trope is like, you know, country music's just, you got your, you got your beer and your pickup truck and your cheating woman and your dog. And that's what you got. And a lot of that's kind of true, but a lot, like I can totally understand the desire to want to listen to that. Well, it, to, to sort of reduce country music down to like, you know, it's way more than that. You know, it's, it, it really, it just steamrolls over all of the complexity and all of the storytelling and yeah. all of the, you know, I mean, God damn, how many different ways can George Strait articulate a specific heartbreak? Right. <laughs> that is, that is enthralling to listen to. Like great storytelling, <laughs> fantastic melodies and, and yeah, just it, great songwriting. And it like, it, it feels the thing that I, I, it, it, it's I guess it's folk music in the in like the truest sense to where it's like this is music that is about my parents. This is music that is about like I know someone who this is their life and someone found a way to like put put some melody and and you know a great melody and some great chords and great instrumentation and and found a way to put this together and tell a cool story that's about our actual lives. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, you, you said it's, you said simple a, a second ago, and I want to, I want to clarify that because, you know, we're both musicians where we spend a lot of time around other musicians and inevitably someone wants to shit on country music for being easy and simplistic or whatever. <clears throat> and that's not what I'm sure that's not what you meant. Um, that's wrong on multiple levels. Yeah. With first, country music. It, first of all, it's wrong on like the the level that they're referring to that it's not technical right which is completely insane wildly wrong country's nuts dude yeah 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 like country guitar playing to do that like right is it's another thing the feel you have to have and the the bizarre techniques that you don't use anywhere else in music right is, is <clears throat> right really cool like um and and so there is there is masterful musicianship and in, in that you know what's what is simplistic what is simple about it it's not really simple it's it's digestible sure like, like it goes down smooth and what i meant by that was more like just uh, it's conceptually yes simple is i guess it's, it is kind of conceptually simple in a way it's like it's uh it's relatable it's very relatable it's but yeah, it's meant to be. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like it's, I can relate to that because I sort of lived some of that. Right. Um, and I can totally relate to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's not trying to, it's not trying to be, it's hard to articulate this. It's not trying to be clever. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's being artistic, it's being creative, but it's mm -hmm. not, it's not trying to like play over anyone's heads. 
Like no one should be like, I'm not sure what that song was about, but I like the way it made me feel. Like there's nothing abstract. <clears throat> so a really good example of when a, a one of these songs does get kind of clever, but still maintains that that air of relativity is like oceanfront property. Because because if you'll buy that, because <laughs> he sings that song from the perspective of, well, I don't need my girl no more. You know, I'm done with her. I'm not right. going to miss her when she's gone. Right. And if you'll buy that, here's some other shit. That's like that, it, so it, like the 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 turn right. Like yeah. th- th- that, that is in like so many of these songs where like sometimes it's like the viewpoint changes or like the tense changes. Mm-hmm. So like in um, and like the the Travis Tritt song that you picked, which I had forgotten about that song completely. It's a good one. It's so good. Um, so that one, but like at the end where it's like, oh, you know, he's playing in his hometown and. And there's a kid in the audience saying the same thing that he was saying, you know, I'm going to be somebody someday, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, and it's just like, you, you figure you get chills. You're like, Oh, you know, Oh man. Um, didn't see that coming, but I'm glad it got there. Right. 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 And then, yeah. so like, and there's, there's always like those, those sort of things in, in country music that are, or that's like my favorite thing that happens in, in country music. Like the, another song where it happens in is, is in that song, the river. Yeah. Where it, you know, where the tense changes for like the last verse or the last chorus, you know, instead of, you know, instead of that night we went down to the river, you know, it's like something, something, something that sends me, sends me down, like sends me down, like present tense. I still go down to the river, though I know the river is dry. Right. And there's another line in there that like is a, um, what is it? Is a dream a lie if it doesn't come true, or is it something worse? And that, as a kid, even hearing that, like that, that, that lyric, that one lyric, I feel like affected my life. <laughs> like that affected my like self talk <laughs> throughout <laughs> my life. Um, but that's a, that that's another sort of great example because that that to me like that song like that's that's not exactly like my parents' story or whatever but I feel like well they knew someone who that was their story sure and and like songs like that um, and songs like you know summer of sixty nine mm-hmm. and and even I didn't put it on this list because I wasn't exposed to it then but even like the song fast car by Tracy Chapman, Tracy Chapman. yeah. yeah. Like that, that's such a good <laughs> example of that. Those three songs of this, like this sort of like a nostalgia for a time when we thought we could make it. And man, am I a sucker for that? I, you know, it, yeah. I, and I, and I always have been, even ever since I was a kid. Like, cause there's just something. There's like I feel like a song like the river. I listen to that and it it makes me feel like I can understand my parents better. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, and um, but so, do you have any? So I have. So the way that I remember those two Springsteen songs, we'll go ahead and riff on these, right? Yeah. So just for the river, since we're already on that. Yeah. I had. Is that the only version of that song, or is there a studio version? There's a studio version. Does he do the story at the beginning? No. That's amazing. That's so good. I, I, That's I good. have not heard much Springsteen at all in my life. Just not a fan specifically of of Springsteen. But 
yeah, that was fantastic. Like, he said, uh, man, wow. Like, that's it, good. It, it felt like he was, it felt like he, it felt like the crowd didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. And didn't expect where it went. And It's masterful. Yeah. The way he tells that story, because he even says it at the beginning. He even's like, how are y'all doing tonight? That's good. He says it like in the exact same <laughs> way, you know. So when he when he drops that that at the line of, of of his father saying that, it feels like coming home. Right. It's masterful storytelling. Yes. And um, but yeah, and the like, crowd knew it too because the crowd all cheers when it happens. Oh yeah. Like oh oh yeah. Yeah, and and I so I remember I have very specific visual memories because my mother. This was a this was how I interacted with a lot of music. Um, in my house was my mother would buy like VHS concert. She'd buy concert tapes. Oh, cool. All the time. And that was, she would put that on while she was like cleaning the house and stuff. So I grew up with like these concert videos going all the time. And, and I remember, uh, you know, the, that live version, it was from here, you know, that live version of the river and that live version of war. Mm -hmm. And, I feel like those songs absolutely had a profound, like I can look back now and be like, Oh, those had a profound influence on me. Um, as a lyricist, um, but also on my politics of being, you know, always on this, like always on this, like feeling, Feeling that war is not is not a just thing, or it's not a it's okay. It's not an easy good. It's not a it's not a black and white. You're a hero, you know. It has a high cost, but also having compassion for veterans at the same time, you know, like right, and 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 like just understand that it is a it is a just a complicated, terrible thing. And that it's not, it's not like, oh, you're all heroes. It's not that. And it's, oh, you're all murderers and baby killers. It's definitely not that. And so, but I think being such a young kid and even exposed to the concept, you know, war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, you know. Right. So you got that when you were a kid to, on little, some level. Yeah. Little kid. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And, but then going back and listening, I was like, shit bass playing on this motherfucker right um and the organ playing i was like man <laughs> so um got a blanking on who on who originally did that oh um eddie oh man i looked it up it, so did i and i um, and I, I forgot to i went and i went and listened to it and listened to a few other things and i am totally blanking on it as well but when um, you heard the when you heard that original version eventually did you what do you think about that? I didn't versus? hear the original version until this week. Holy shit! And interesting. And uh, and I was like, hot damn! This is this is amazing. That's also, awesome. <laughs> that's that's fantastic because I didn't know I didn't know that they covered the song. You knew the original one. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. Okay. How, I, I how heard silly. It in some movie or something eventually at some point, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's because I just saw War on the playlist. I was like, oh, okay, cool. A song called War. Oh, it's this, it's war. It's this oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, That's very cool. Well, and like, I feel like it's also sort of, because I, 
I've I always I loved how powerful that song was as a kid, and I feel like that's almost sort of a uh, like a precursor to me getting into like more aggressive music because Springsteen is going for it on that song. Yeah, you know who wants to die? <laughs> like yeah, come on, like man. it's it's an intense performance. It's and like and seeing it too like may added a whole other dimension to to it you know yeah i'm um, just, I'm just gonna find that uh that concert now yeah like I, I i can you know like listen to like i have i still it's like it's like a music video you've watched a hundred times like i'm like oh, yeah. okay this is where they cut to here and this is where they, i still have it because i watched it when so many times when i was a kid right um so sort of on that topic so that was how i was exposed to a lot of this music mm-hmm. you know some of it um how how were you exposed to some of these earlier things like like the like the, the country music um, and 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 things like that. So yeah, a lot of it's going to be the same sort of thing where it was just happening around the house, mm-hmm. or somebody in my family specifically showed it to me like intentionally. Uh, there yeah, are, yeah, it seems like you have a lot more of that. Like, hey, yeah. Robert, I want you to hear this song. Yeah, and and I was. I feel like I was more just sort of piggybacking on the music that my parents loved and the and and, and the, what they were listening to at the time. And so then I would sort of I might be like, oh, I really like that one or I really like that one. And mm-hmm. so we might listen to that more. But it was always sort of through their it was always sort of, I guess, mostly passive. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, I definitely did that from my mom because I grew up with my mom in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh and then went to, you know, I'd visit my dad and he would, I would get some things from there as well. Like, I mean, I guess that's the case really is that the country by and large was from my mom because that's what she listened to. Everything else was from my dad and his brothers. Right. More or less. Um, there's a, there are very few examples on here that I remember just sort of out in the world, not, not coming from that. Mm-hmm. One is like as an extremely specific example is so tears for fears everybody wants to rule the world yeah uh which came out i think 85 um so i'd have been two so it probably in the next couple years is where i first heard that song like 87 88 is my Mm -hmm. estimation so do you remember in liberty there has there used to be a restaurant called masamigos Fuck yeah! Do you remember before that it was El Burrito? I do. Okay. I do. It was in a different location when it was El Burrito. Yes, it was over. It was next to where the Kmart center. used to be, which yes. became the Tractor Depot or whatever the fuck. Correct. It was. Okay, so when yeah, El Burrito, I think there was a Payless in there at some point. Yep, right next door. So, and a Radio Shack as well. Yeah. Uh, Liberty Lore. Um, <laughs> so when El Burrito was there, they had the restaurant. And then in the back room, there was a bar area. Right. You had to get a membership. You did. And I think my parents had that membership. Mm-hmm. Or one, one or both of them had that membership. Yeah, it was some way to get around the like Liberty County drinking laws something or something like that. Like that. I, I can't remember. Some weird. So anyway, uh, I guess you could just take your kids. Because I went to that thing a number of times. Okay. With them. That's how I know that. So the, it was like a, I remember like maybe some neon lights or some black lights or something. Uh, there was a crane game. I believe. Oh, okay. To win some stuffed animals or something like that. There was a bar. See, like you walk in the door, there's a bar off to the right here, and then there's like tables and seating and booths and everything over here. On the end of the bar, there was a uh, this little like I don't even know what you call it these days. It was like a it was a CRT monitor with like three buttons on it. And it was a horse racing game. Okay. And you press like left 
something or write and put put your dollar in and you do the thing and it's a complete garbage experience but i begged money to do it a couple times and it was terrible so anyway i very vividly remember playing that game and then getting up to leave at some point because i was sitting on a bar stool by myself while my parents were hanging out doing whatever it was or whoever was there i don't one of the two and that song was on while i was in there and so of you know a five six seven eight whatever however old i was at the time little kid walking through this like adult space okay like i shouldn't have been there like i think i knew that but i could and i was and i was experiencing this at the time and it was like that that was the soundtrack that i specifically remember to it Oh. Uh, and it was just this very cool moment of like, yeah, man. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a vibe. Yeah, that, that's a vibe. It was it was a very like nightclub vibe. Well before I would ever experience that vibe for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember eating at the old the old location of El Burrito, and I remember like the door to the room, and I remember it felt very salacious. It felt, yeah, it felt like. It felt like the back room at the video store where the porn was. Right. You go through you know, the beads or yeah. the saloon doors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It it had like that kind of like, mm, you uh, know. Yeah. Mm, what's going on back there? And so. The door swings open and you kind of catch a glimpse of somebody kind of smiling out at you. It's like, oh, they're having way too much fun yeah. in there. Um, they're just drinking like a Dos Equis or something. It's right. Uh, yeah. Really nothing happened. But yeah, like so, th- yeah, that kind of. I think that, you know, I think that my first experience with that that a feeling close to that this is going to kind of skip to the end okay was uh uh dr feelgood oh because i remember um there was some neighbor kids and they were older than me they were like five years old so they were like 12 or 13 or something while when i was like seven or eight or something like that and so you know let's see yeah like 91 that or 90 that was around when Dr. Feelgood came out, 90, something 89, right around 90. there, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I would have been like seven or something like that, seven or eight. And, but man, did I feel so, but I, I like, I was like, I gotta get this cassette, you know, <laughs> and man, did I like feel cool listening to the Dr. Feelgood album because it's like, I'm just like those. I'm just like those older kids. Right. You know, they're like a few years older, but they're, they may as well be it, ancient adults as far as you're concerned. Right. The cool, yeah. like they're bigger, they can do things you can't do, you know, yeah. um, they sneak cigarettes. They're dangerous. Oh yeah. And so, uh, but yeah. And like, and it, it's interesting to sort of compare how like Dr. A song like Dr. Feelgood, which is incredible. Like the riffage in the, the riff, it's, you can't, fuck with it yep but when i was listening to it There's i was a like, lot of guitar <laughs> when i was listening to it though i did sort of have this like what the fuck is this cowbell with the left channel why is that here oh <laughs> um, but um it's interesting to sort of compare my feeling towards that to how i felt about like a few years later when i heard like aerosmith for the first time mm-hmm. or metallica under similar circumstances, and that hit me differently, which it's kind of, that that's why Motley Crue's on this list, but Aerosmith and Metallica isn't right because I I didn't really have agency over any of this. This is stuff that was kind of put on, you know, like exactly. Um, 
And so, but yeah, but I think that that is like a really important kind of node that can make, that can kind of anchor uh, certain music for you personally is what environment do you associate with it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially if it is an association of like a more adult environment when you're a kid, those things that, that has that, I think that's really, really, a really, really like powerful thing. Yeah. Um, and actually for years after, uh, I, there's a lot of music from that era that I like, like sort of like the tears for fear sort of thing. And that same vibe of like late eighties, early nineties alternative. I don't know what you actually call that genre of music, but, um, there's a lot of that stuff that I liked that carried that same sort of undertone that mm-hmm. I didn't realize for a long time. I see that that's what it was doing. That that's part of the reason I liked it so much. I see. Um, so an, uh, something I wanted to throw out there, you know, just talking about like how a lot of this music was sort of discovered. Um, and so something that was sort of, well, there's, there's two things I want to throw out there when I look at this. One is I had to put, Willie Nelson and ZZ Top on here because the lore is that when I was a, a child, like a toddler, I was able, I would be able to recognize those when they put the records on so that they put, you know, I, I would go up to right. the turntable and say, will we, will we, will we, or ZZ music, daddy, ZZ music. <laughs> um, and so. Too bad you didn't say like, you know, beard, beard. <laughs> Um, cheap sunglasses. Uh, he just think you were talking about Frank Beard then. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is the drummer's name, son. Oh, man. Speaking of which, Dusty Hill. What the... F- dude. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, dude. Damn. What the fuck? He fucking went down fast. <laughs> because he was... They were out on tour. And he was like, oh, I, hey, guys. I got to go home. I'm having a, a hip issue. Ooh. An old hip, an old hip injury is acting up. And so, like, their tech filled in. And then he like died in his sleep. Shit. It's like, what the fuck? You know? So it's probably the first time he's laid to bed in like thirty years. So maybe he just, you know. <laughs> Is that what did it? Yeah. <laughs> guys tour it constantly and yeah. Um, been at it forever. Yeah. Good so Lord. I I z ZZ Top is one of those weird bands where um every I feel like everyone that we've ever everyone in this state has a baseline peripheral awareness oh yeah of zz top oh yeah um but i feel like i haven't really given their sort of i feel like i don't really understand their catalog to the depth that it deserves i think you're probably right and i think i I think i agree um because you know i have a greatest hit cd of theirs when i was when i was a kid was it the one that this is from it is yeah so did i um, you know, and so I know all those songs, you know, but I, I don't, I don't have enough context to really like sort of talk about their arc and whatnot. What I thought was interesting is I was trying to dig through these songs. I was like, wow, they were poppy as fuck in the eighties. And this is a lot different. Yep. Um, but that's a lot of the stuff that I like, because as you can see with a lot of the stuff on the playlist, like there's that sort of like hard R and B, um, <laughs> as, as, uh, as 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 some people call it, I was I'm kind of a sucker for that. Um, Fair, you know. Whenever Don Henley and Glenn Fry put on suits with shoulder pads and shit, um, and so retired their denim for <laughs> for pantsuits. Um, Times are changing. 
but so so I had to include some ZZ Top, and I and I and I wanted to I I that the I picked that song almost as like I didn't want to, because that is one of my favorite ZZ Top songs, and it doesn't sound anything like what you totally. imagine. It's not Lagrange. It's not not Tush. You know. It's not Legs. It's not right. It's so not. I had I had this greatest hits album, and I guess I just never listened to it all the way through because I had never heard this song. I don't think right. It, it's it's and totally different. It's a bizarre ZZ Top song. It really is. <laughs> um, so there. So it's Rough Boy, by the way. I don't think we mentioned. Yes, it's called know. Rough Boy. Yeah, which which, <laughs> which I love. It's just I'm a rough boy. And yeah. Like, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. sure. And so, which sort of like I have to mention this about my. Well, okay, I'm going to come back to that because I wanted to say this other thing first. Okay. Um. So remind me to come back to Rough Boy. Put a pin um, in Rough Boy. Put a pin in Rough Boy. So the other way that we discovered music, um, it was, it became this thing that was really, really, because the thing was that my dad really loved music. And I think that after he died, like, so apparently, like a thing that my mom told me is that when he would come home, like from work, he would always say, why isn't there music playing? You know, like, why isn't there music playing in my house? Like he would, he didn't say, why isn't my dinner ready? <laughs> you know, or like, okay. why isn't the house clean? He was like, why isn't there music playing? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's like some of the lore surrounding my father. Right. That's very cool. Um, so he was one of these guys that always had like a deep, like music was a sanctuary. It was a safe place for him. It was a place for him to like go and, you know, feel and connect and feel, you know, get away and whatnot. Like yeah. you see pictures of him, his bedroom in the seventies, exactly like ours did, you know, posters and everything like that. Right. Right. Um, now a lot of that music that he was relating to then was not what he was listening to when I was born. So I didn't hear Sabbath, even though, I later found his Sabbath eight tracks or Beatles or Santana or all these things that I would develop my own relationship with that he had his own relationship with. I didn't hear it from him. You know what I mean? Because he was, he was a, he was a working man by then, you know, he's like, I only wear denim and listen to Alabama. Uh, (laughs) But, um, but so I think that after he died, um, music became a big part of, I think it became a huge role as I think it was part of my mom's grieving process. I think it was part of our grieving process, you know, um, like the Garth Brooks song, you know, if tomorrow never comes, um, you know, things like that. And, but then since I started to resonate with music, it became this thing that we could do together. And so that became like this huge pastime of ours of we'd hear a song on the radio and then like trying to go and find it, like going to Walmart, like like trying to like remember the lyric and go into like Walmart or Sam Goody and trying to like describe the lyric to to someone who worked there. Oh, wow. And then be like, oh, that's, you know, that's John Michael Montgomery, you know, Uh, and and then. And, you know, like it, but it, it became this really, it was a serious, it was like a serious thing for both of us, 
you know? Um, and I, and I think it's, it's that sort of encouragement and that sort of like, yeah, this music shit's worth it. It's worth pursuing. This is a, you know what I mean? Like it was always, there's always such a high value put on it, um, by her. And, you know, like I remember we wore, we wore, okay. So that like the, so some examples of that are like the blaze of glory or like damn Yankees and stuff Uh like that. We wore those cassettes out. Wow. We had to go buy a second copy of each one of those because we played them so much in the truck that they stopped working. <laughs> so so that was a big when I when I when I when I think about this time period and I think about these songs, that's a so much of it is tied to tied to my mother and us like in the truck driving from Dayton to to Sam Goody in Baytown to try to find the cassette and then listening to it in the truck, you know, and, wow. and, and all that. So much of it is tied to that. Um, That's amazing. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, anyway, it, it's very good. It's very good memories for me. Um, cool. It mean it, it, so, which, for the record, that's something my mom carried on by supporting music and taking me to concerts, even whenever I started to get into music that she did not particularly enjoy. Um, Good honor. So, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was that sort of a that sort of a pastime there. Oh yeah, for y'all, that's that's fantastic. It was huge, you know, and because it was just me and her, you yeah. Know? And so I think like us having something to like go do. And it was like, it felt like this like shared, like we were on a quest, you know, like an adventure in a way, you know? Um, so. Uh, I mean, yeah. And if, if they didn't say the name of the artist on the radio after it finished, you that's kind of your only recourse there is to go ask about it at the music place. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that, that is, I, I can barely remember that feeling, you know, of, of like, oh shit. I heard this song. This is the most incredible song I've ever heard. Please say who it is. Please say who it is. Please say who it is. They're not saying, "Oh my God." Yep. Um. And uh, and so you know, and like trying to like go and like sing some shit to a fucking sixteen-year-old record clerk at Sam Goody. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I went and my bought. I, I was gonna buy the. Uh, I went and bought the first Power Man Five Thousand record. <laughs> Did you sing Mega Kung Fu Radio to the fucking record store clerk? I did not because I knew exactly what I was buying, right? But he he looked at he was like, "This isn't what you think it is," and I was like, "I'm pretty sure it is." What do you think? I think it is. And, and he was like, "This doesn't have Firewater Burn on it." <laughs> he thought I was trying to buy the Bloodhound Gang album. Whoa. Um, I think the, I think the album covers have like a similar color scheme or something. Um. Actually, okay. they don't, but I think that the, another album they had that Firewater Burn wasn't on had a similar color scheme too. Yeah, because that one was like a coaster on the front. Yeah, one yeah. fierce beer's co- beer co- yeah. beer's beer's coaster. Beer's coaster. Ambrose beer's coaster. We reading this bitch. Um, so, all right. So I was gonna riff on the boy thing. So I, I had to like reflect after I looked at this. I was like, there's a disproportionate amount of song titles here with the word boy in them uh-huh. <laughs> of mine. Uh-huh. And so I have to ask you this because you also put uh, She's in Love with the Boy yes. on this. Now, 
And I, so I had that song, I had Rough Boy, I had My Boyfriend's Back. So when I would listen to these songs, I would always, especially My Boyfriend's Back and She's in Love with the Boy, I would always cast myself as the boy and enact, you know, and enact this fantasy out in my head of like, you know, boyfriend's back, you know, and it's like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to fix everything or whatever, you know? And so, and then similar with the, uh, you know, she's in love with the boy. So did you do that or is that just a me thing? Hmm. I mean, in these particular situations, maybe not so much. I certainly don't remember, to, but I, that's, that is certainly something I do with music all the time and always have. Uh, but yeah, for these in particular, maybe not. It's very funny though. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad it's funny. Um, so I'm not holding it against you. Yeah, I, I I had this like very very sort of deep, you know, like almost like, like dysfunctional need to like be someone's to to like I need to do what my parents did and i need to like find someone to marry i need to have a girlfriend and i because i'm worrying about these things when i'm like nine <laughs> right okay like way before this this isn't this isn't like i'm 13 and like oh well these girls won't talk to me like right. no no like I'm, you have zero real business worrying about this for a while <laughs> yeah and i'm like i like developed like unhealthy crushes on like other fourth graders and stuff you know what i mean because yeah. it I remember a little bit of that too. So I, I had like this just in that particular realm, like this just, this just serious yearning and drive and push. Like I just had to be an adult, and you know if I had to like speculate, it's like oh well you're, you 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 had this urge, this drive to sort of recreate what was taken from you, right? Like this idea of a family unit was destroyed and so you were trying you're like well i have to like recreate that you know what i mean like the girl i dated in seventh grade i was like well clearly i'm done this is it i'm gonna marry this one you know and it and it's like you know slow down richard not so much <laughs> slow down richard you're you can be the boyfriend and you can be back but you know you can be the rough boy like I'm, no <laughs> yeah. one's gonna stop you from that yeah but she even if she has to run away, she's not going to marry you someday. She's going to marry some boy someday. Some boy, maybe. Not, not, she's going to marry some man someday. Um, Hopefully. So, um, I mean, I, so I guess that kind of does lead into a, a bit of another topic here, which on looking over your list, I think I th I'm pretty sure for me this is the only female artist on my list, which I like. Oh yeah, I guess I do have a. I I am I am quite cultured. I think I have three female artists on my list. Um, yeah, because I have Roxette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have um, you know the Angels. I have Trista Yearwood, and I have uh, and I have Brian Adams. So four. So, <laughs> wait, what? 
Sorry, Brian. Adams. <laughs> I'm not sure where that. No, no, it's just all came from. It's just a dumb joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the one I looked down here, and it was a name. Um, but I mean, it really hits me that, especially early on. So I mean, I know my mom listened to all sorts of all sorts of uh, country music just from everywhere. Right. And there had to have been other ones, but nothing really stuck with me. Like that song in particular mm. was just that's a fucking fantastic song. Well, and it, and it really it, it has like it's like the thing I was talking about earlier. It has a great like turn in it, you yeah. know, like towards the third verse where it's like you know, Katie looks at Johnny the way I look at you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and it's like, you know, my daddy said you ain't worth the lick. Right. And and like the way the emphasis on the line is a little bit different there, you know, I mean, it, and it, it, it makes it so memorable. To me, it makes it so memorable, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I just thought it was an interesting look back at this because I haven't really done this and sat down and just looked at the things from this time period. Mm-hmm. But definitely from this early on and then on through like sort of my teenage years, it was such just dudes. It was just dudes sure. forever. And, and it wasn't until probably like the early to mid 2000s that I really started finding a lot of other women who I was like, oh shit, oh, Tori Amos fucking rules. Oh, Bjork oh. fucking rules. Yeah, and, yeah, I And that it. just opened, like, probably, it's probably like half and half these days. Yeah. Uh, which is just, yeah. it's just interesting to note. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought about a similar thing as I was looking through this and I, and I, because there were things that I noticed going through these that I didn't, you know, that I had no context or noticed at the time. So I was talking about like my mother, you know, having concert videos playing. So another one that she played all the time was this um, VHS. Me and Jeremy used to watch it all the time. Excuse me. Um, And no one knows who Jeremy is. So we were in a band called All Severed <laughs> with another right. guy uh, named Jeremy Barnes. And so uh, me and Jeremy started playing, in- like, hey, let's start a band. Cool. What instrument do you want to play? I guess I'll play drums. I guess I'll play guitar. I guess we should get some drums and guitar. Yeah, we probably should. Um, so we were like that, that young, learning. Like, I remember him learning Inner Sandman on tab because he hadn't heard the song before like you know um anyway uh but he and i would would even watch this video so it was eric clapton and friends and so it was um okay it was phil collins on drums oh eric clapton on guitar and vocals nathan motherfucking east on bass and backing vocals okay if you don't know who nathan east is you do, and you just don't know that you know. Right. So he's like he's like one of the best bassists ever. So you know, like I'm pretty sure if I'm if I'm should double check this before I talk out of my ass. I'm pretty sure he like played on like you know the Daft Punk record that ruled the world for a few years. Okay. Like he was all over that. Wow. And so he's he's top top of the heap. Okay. Um. But so. We watched this. We watched this video um, all the time, and it's just an incredible set. They play like some Clapton songs. They play some uh, Cream songs, and they play some. What I realized finally, because I looked it up now, because I like went and found that song "Run," right? Um, so that was off of an album called August, which was. 
produced by Phil Collins. So they, they so Phil Collins played on that record that that they were touring in support of. And I was like, oh, okay. So that sort of, you know, I read like the look the Wikipedia article. It was called Hard R and B is what that genre of that record. So that song Run, and but so it sort of struck me like hearing that or hearing like, you know, um, because there's a huge R and B. Mm-hmm. influence on that song mm-hmm. you know and like just the most killing fucking bass line and like the thing too is like whenever okay whenever <laughs> they would play that live it would get to like so that bass line okay i have to get off camera to do this okay all right but i have to demonstrate to you what would happen okay i'll, I'll narrate what's happening all right so he's getting up he's tripping over the, no he's fine actually right, make sure i'm out of frame so i look like an ass all right, right fair so it gets to, you know, like... He's, he's playing the bass part. Okay. Right, so, uh-huh. you know, doing the thing. Standing kind of straight up. When he gets to that, cocks his face to the side. Cocking to the side. And this motherfucker starts, like, high-stepping while playing the bass. High-stepping. Oh, guys. Like, clean. That's pretty impressive. Perfect. It's amazing. Right? Nice. So, but anyway, so, but now, you know, because now, you know, I'm really into funk music and I'm really into all this sort of stuff. Um, and so like on songs like that or songs like, um, uh, what is the Glenn Fry song that I put on here? Um, you belong to the city. Yes. Like, so I, I, I notice how all of these art, how all of these artists are, who are, are we're like continuing to borrow from black musicians. And I noticed how there are no black musicians on this playlist. <laughs> yes. And I, and I had the thought to myself, it's like, what was the first? And I had to like really think about it. And I was like, that kind of sucks. Yep. Um, it's good things to point out, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know. It, it's, this isn't like, I'm not trying to like place blame, I guess. But it it um it's it's what it's what our parents were exposed to, it's what we were exposed to. And and I mean and it just sort of like goes to sort of how I guess how segregated even radio was. You know what I mean? Because we probably would have loved Prince if we would have heard it. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. You know. And and our parents probably would have too, to a certain degree. Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, so, but it's especially like, you know, given Clapton's, you know, uh, current politics and, and his silliness and whatnot, it's complete shitbagginess. Yeah. Like I, I actually, I found like some transcript of a speech that he did in the seventies or something where it was like, you know Uh, what I'm talking about? No. Go on. Um, (laughs) I, what, 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 what did he say about Hendrix? I mean, what didn't he say? He was like, you know, Hendrix came to to England, and he's he's an oversexualized black man, and people people love that. He didn't say black man, obviously. He, wow. He said a lot. That, uh, wow. Yeah, go, go find the interview. Uh, that was back then as well. So yeah. Ooh, so that's gross. Yep. What I came across was that he. Um, it was something, I don't know, there was some piece of legislation or something like that in the late 70s about immigration or something like that. And it was, he went on this whole rant at like a concert about like keeping yes. keeping the country white or something I did like see that. that. Yep. And it was like, dude, like, 
you like maybe more than any dude alive, like have made your living off of playing black music. Like one of your biggest hits is covering Bob fucking Marley. You know, and it's like, I'll play your music, but you're not welcome in my white country. Like, fuck you, Eric. Um, yep. And so, but like, you know, <clears throat> so yeah, that was a thing that like, I couldn't help, but sort of like, I couldn't help, but sort of see this through that lens, I guess a little bit, you know, and like, you know, I love that song run. I, it, it I love it. You know, like I'd never heard that song either. Yeah, actually. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not a big Harry Clapton fan though. I I don't like a lot of his other stuff. You know, I, I have I have a very strong emotional reaction to all the songs on that particular VHS. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? And I bet I would like the rest of that album because I I you know because I have a soft spot for that kind of crap. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know. It is an it is an issue, um, or it's. It's something that shouldn't be ignored. It's something that shouldn't be acknowledged. It doesn't mean that our experiences were incomplete or less than or anything like that, but it, but it is, it is, um, well, I mean. I don't know. I might say, I might say a bit incomplete there, but not, not necessarily like there's nothing you can take away from it now. Like it is what it is right, in yeah. that respect. Yeah, but, it, yeah, it's not. But boy, do I wish I had been exposed to way more diverse stuff right right and wouldn't, be, like wouldn't that have been cool right because you you think about like what <clears throat> for someone our age you know our sort of background or whatever like you know the first like wh what would be what will what what would be the first black artist that we were exposed to you know it would be like seeing a, a, a tupac cut out you know or something like that like whenever it's like oh well that's not for me you know, like I remember having that feeling of like whenever all eyes on me were was being promoted uh -huh. and versus like a Slayer record or something it was like, OK, well, this is my stuff and that's someone else's stuff. Right. You know. Um, and so, you know, like I guess like the, these things may seem small, but they do have sort of an effect in the long run of. Well, the only legitimate black artists are the one from way before and the ones that are over there and, and that, that I consider playing a lesser music because that was a big, that was like a big sort of subtext for a lot of us growing up because we were musicians, right. And we, we play metal or we play rock or whatever. And so people who like the R and B artists or like, or like the rap artists and whatnot, like it, it was like, well, that they're not they're not musicians, right? Yeah, they're that was not kind of the the under undercurrent of a lot of conversation, right? Yeah, like, sure. oh, oh, anyone can just make beats and blah 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 blah. This is all absolute horseshit, but it's the kind of things that yeah. we said then, right? Um, because you know, and and so like, I don't know. I guess like what I'm saying is those things are not. It's not insignificant whenever you're not exposed, like not being exposed to artists, not being exposed to any black artists is going to have an effect on how you see black artists. Okay, here, here's what I said, sorry. Not being exposed to any black artists as a kid is going to affect how you see the validity of black artists as an adult. Agreed, yeah. 
you got there. <laughs> Appreciate you guys bearing with me as I as I spun my wheels for ten minutes trying to articulate that thought. Sorry. Obviously, did not rehearse anything about this. No problem though. Yeah, there's some thoughts that I was like, oh, this is what I was, this is what I was saying, but not that one. That one. That one. You just got you just got a window into how Richard's brain works. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely agree. Like, there's a ton of shit that if I had, I think if I had been exposed to, I would have ended up going in some different directions for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I guess on that note, though, uh, I, th- I think the only the only black artist that I have on my list is MC Hammer, <laughs> um, which I don't know how I feel about that because it's, it's the fucking Adams Family song. <laughs> I So I made notes about, <laughs> about a lot of these. Um, like I just went through and I wrote a few things for each song, right? And so when I got down, like again, this is this is music that we were exposed to, not that we seeked out, because once I once I found out what music could be, I seeked out a lot of different stuff. But the Adams Family theme song <laughs> to the to the Adams Family Values movie somehow made this list. So what I put on here was I put asterisk face palm asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> So, because this is what I imagine MC Hammer doing is I imagine him being like, I'm going to make that money. I'm going to make that fucking money while I can. Because also, it's not a great song. It's not. Even in MC Hammer's own catalog, <laughs> it's kind of really a pretty, far, pretty far down there. Not near a gym in the man's own catalog. It is no too legit to quit. It is no pray. It is no, you know, please Hammer don't hurt him. It's not, it's none of this. Uh, but though, so the way that I came upon that was in second or third grade or something like that we would go out to the covered area at school it's like the 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 blacktop with the cover over it and it had basketball goals at either end Mm -hmm. and all the kids would line up on either side of it and we would play a game called bacon and eggs do you know what this is i don't so there was like this little plastic rubbery disc and then there was like a baton like a relay baton okay and they would put those next to one another and they would call out. They would. They would call out a number or a name. I forget which one it was. But the the kid who they called had to run and get the thing and get back to their spot first. Okay. In between this, they were playing music over the PA system. And the song that they played a lot was this song. For some reason, one of these coaches just was way into this Adam Family theme song. And played it a bunch. They played this and like Ice Ice Baby and some other garbage. <laughs> say what they want to say. Do what they want to do. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, I, it's not a great song, but boy, has that been in my head for like 30 years. <laughs> so he did his job, man. Right. Hammer killed it. Hammer hurt him. Hammer hurt him. That's great. Uh, yeah, just a super bizarre out of left field. And it's like so... Um. Yeah, this is this is kind of funny. I have to point out the irony here of like, I just went on this ten minute tirade of like shitting of like, oh, there's no black artist, and you're like, here's the one black artist that I immediately shit on that song. <laughs> um, I mean, so, it should have been a better song. Is all I'm saying. To to clarify, because that's what I felt. I felt like a pa- a face palm, mostly because I was like, oh, cool, MC Hammer, Adam's Groove. All right, I don't remember this song. 
it was like 30 seconds in before I realized it was like the Adams oh, really? family theme. When he starts talking about Wednesday and Fester and all this shit? Yeah, like I I, I think I, I got a hint and I was like, what? And then, and then I was like, oh my God. Um, oh, man. So I didn't realize it was like, hey, the fucking AMC ever did a, they did, they did a rap theme. I think for, he was in the movie. I think he was in the Adams Family Values movie, like Vanilla Ice was to, in TMNT 2. What a rivalry. Right? Um, what a time to be alive there. Yeah, I remember I remember having like the Vanilla Ice cassette and, and the MC Hammer cassettes. and Yeah. You know. Criss Cross a little bit later on. I didn't have that one, but my oh, neighbors really? did. Um, so, well, cool. Um, let me see if there's anything else I sort of want to riff on through here. Um Yeah, man. So like, so like, I want, so I want to talk about Glenn Fry and Don Henley a little bit. Okay. Um, so I, I, that was another one of those live VHSs. My mom had this like Glenn Fry live Strange Weather, and so there's all these great songs on there, um, and I love all of them. And, but, uh, so at this point, you know. Because I've like I've worked with horn players a bit, and you know recorded some tracks with horn players. You know, like where you write out a chart, like you write a melody, and you pay somebody, and they come in, they're gonna play the thing that you wrote. And so in this, like you belong to the city, and how it just echoes, and like everything like that, like I can. Now I love it. I love it. It, it is very like nostalgic, and it it, it does a thing for me. But there's another part in my brain where I'm listening to it, and it's like I can feel that horn player's eyes like rolling into his stomach. Like I, as I can imagine, like this, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's like I can imagine it being like a legit like jazz saxophone player, and it's like, so this is what you want me to do? <sighs> Just. <laughs> unbearable resentment <laughs> and just like having you know because there's like a really i think it's like it's towards the middle of the song where it's like just this is it's lame i'll just say it it's lame but like glenn fry says something there's like a little you know and it just kind of keeps going back and forth on that and it it's lame and i i just imagine like let's not blame the saxophone player for this guys that's <laughs> that. Because cause I've like handed a sheet of music to a saxophone player and seen them sort of be like and like play it and be like, that's it. And seeing their reaction be like, that's it. Right. <laughs> that's right. what you wanted. Um okay, let me rewrite it. I'll call you back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so but but another thing that's like great. But yeah, anyway, Don Henley, because I have a whole other playlist. It's like all Don Henley and Glenn Fry and the Eagles, and I love all of them. <laughs> good, good. Because um, it's all amazing. Um, there's this uh, Eagles Farewell Tour DVD, like Farewell Tour Volume 1 or something that they did where they play shit from each other's catalogs. Like they play Eagles songs, they play Don Henley songs, they play Glenn Fry songs. Cool. And it's just like two and a half hours of fucking hits. Like I, I remember what you know, my mom watched it and I was like, how do, how, how, how is, how are all of, how do I know all of these songs and how are all of these the same fucking band? Right. Um, because they weren't, uh, that's why, but there's only one song, uh, by the Eagles 
that I don't like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's called Get Over It. You familiar with this song? I don't think so, no. Okay, look up look up uh, Get Over It lyrics if you can while I talk about this shit. Uh, garbage signal, I don't know. If okay, well, I, I got it for you. But okay. so anyway, so they did the Hell, When Hell Freezes Over record in like 94 or something. Yes, the, the big one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so the song is called Get Over It. And it has a, so there's one lyric in it that's uh, like, I want to grab your inner child and kick its little ass. So that's the lyric. Um, and so, so Don Henley is a millionaire, like 20 years into royalties from Eagles, Eagles albums, millionaire has a very successful solo career. He's sitting at home watching daytime talk shows because he's, because he's a fucking millionaire musician. It's all great. He doesn't have a real job. He has time to watch daytime talk shows and he gets so mad. This is really atrocious. It's bad. He gets, Don Henley gets so fucking mad about people trying to like work out their childhood trauma that he's, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a song about this and I'm going to unretire the motherfucking Eagles. I'm going to call Glenn because I'm mad. This is, this is a break the goddamn glass moment right here. <laughs> this is a break in case of emergency. Yeah, it is. It's a, yeah, so go look up those lyrics. You don't need to hear the song. I mean, the song, like, I mean, it's the Eagles, so it's not like musically bad. They couldn't make something musically bad if they tried, but just just read the lyrics on their own merit, and it, it's all you it's all you need to see. It's something. Sounds um, like it, yeah. It's real bad. But other than that, all that shit's amazing. I love it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, so there was a there was a similar vibe to one that you had that you sort of said there was like a lore of you mm. requesting some things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you were very small. And for me, that was money for nothing. Oh, so, I, yeah, I bet. So when I was like two or three or whatever, I knew Dire Straits. I knew money for nothing. And I would request it and sing it and dance to it, apparently. I, I did that with um, She's Gotten Good at Goodbye. Nice. Like, a, a, apparently that was like a bit I had as a child. So I would sing that song. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't in key because I can't sing it in key now. <laughs> um, but Well, some, you know, sometimes... You can do things when you're a kid that uh, you didn't expect. Yeah, when I when I sing, I like to just sing. I like to just hit hit the same note over and over again because eventually it's going to be the right note. Okay, yeah. You know, I mean, George Strait probably sang that note once or twice. In once song. or twice, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'll, you know, <laughs> even a broken clock's right twice a day, right? I was gonna, yeah, yeah, good. Um, so. So, Co, I'm just going to kind of go through some of these reactions that I had to some of your tracks. Okay. And, and, cause yeah, I would, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Um, cause yeah, I was like, when I heard my friend, I was like, yeah, that's on fucking, I know that's on Robert's fucking list. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, so, okay. <laughs> this is a good question. So, were there any, what the fuck moments? in my playlist for you because the mo the what the fuck moment for me was like what the fuck is this was the floyd kramer oh really yeah okay. what the fuck is that so i mean we we have we've talked about music before on a podcast format that is never going to be released or maybe will be at some point in the future probably not probably not okay and 
on that list, I've had Floyd Kramer as, as well. This song? Not that song. Okay. Di- different song. Uh, I don't really know why I picked a different song. I could, I guess the thing is I could put that entire album on there. So, uh, my, my grandpa would, my grandparents lived in Jasper for a, for a long time. Okay. And so they would actually make the trip down from Jasper to Dayton or Liberty to like pick me and my sister up and take us back to go visit. Okay. Like every couple weekends. It's like a two hour drive. One it way. is. It's a long fucking way to go. My grandpa had, uh, this cassette of this Floyd Kramer cassette. There's like, was it, was it like the only cassette he had? Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's an amazing cassette. <laughs> if you were gonna only have one, he got, he picked the correct one. Um, so yeah, I mean, I heard this album a jillion times. Okay. Uh, taking that trip back and forth and just, I mean, it was great anyway, but yeah, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't like, Oh, this is bad music. It was just, sure, like, just like, it was just like, what is it doing here? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, I, another, another tangent to that is, uh, at some point, trying to think of what year this might have been, maybe like 07 or 08. It, it must have been right around there. So my grandma passed away in 08. Uh, and right along in there somewhere, I, uh, something got me to order the CD of that album because okay. they, had, they had the cassette forever, but they didn't have a fucking cassette player for, okay. for a while. And they probably hadn't heard that album in a long time. So I ordered the CD and then the next time I went up to visit them, at this point, uh, my grandma was like really bad into uh, lung cancer, so she was not doing so hot. Okay. Um, and I put the I put that album on in the living room and just sat with them and like listened to the whole thing, and we just kind of just went through it and didn't say much, and it was just really nice. And this, so this was you were, what was the the time difference here? Well, so I listened to this album a lot with my grandpa. No, like when you were a kid, I was a kid. And then you went back with the CD when? Like 08 or so. Oh, okay. So I was like 25 at that point. <sighs> wow. Much later on. And I, from what I understood, they hadn't they hadn't listened to that music in a long time. But I knew my grandpa loved it. And my grandma, like, the last song on there, I think is a Willie Nelson cover, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Okay. And she loved that song. That was like one of her favorite songs. So did they, did, did y'all, did they react to it? Did they talk about it? Did they be like... Thank you, Robert. This was really nice. Or was it just like a? It was. It was just kind of like it was just sit here. Like I'm gonna. Do you guys want to put this on and listen to it? Let's do it. And we just put it on and listen. Listen to it, and just kind of enjoyed it, which was really like I. I had never done that with them, and I didn't yeah. do it after that. Right. Uh, I mean, my my grandma passed away the next year or so. Um. So then, when my grandpa got really bad with cancer in 2015, hmm. and he was about to pass away. We went over to sort of be with him as he was sort of on his way out. And I took my MP3 player at the time or my phone or whatever and put on that album on loop. And he wasn't responsive at this point. Yeah. But he like, you know, it's kind of asleep and just put that on loop for him. Wow. And we just kind of sat around everybody who was there as family and just kind of talked to each other and to him and to listen to that album over and over again. So wow, uh, that's, that's that's that holds a special place. Yeah, me. that's that's really potent. Yeah, and it's like um, so it reminds me of a. 
I'm, I'm music gods, forgive me for this sequitur here. So in a David Lee Roth interview, once, <laughs> very natural segue. I heard him say that you should always have a song that you're listening to on repeat because that song will become a, like a time, like a time machine for that period of your sure. life. Absolutely. And so, because you know, in 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 that sense, music isn't music isn't just uh, something that music isn't just a, a an energy that sort of flows, sort of from the performer or from the song to the listener. You know, like you can, as a listener, you can sort of put energy into a song. You know, and it can become like a you know, like a talisman for you or a, or some type or a symbol. And it can, you know, it's like what you charge it with, you know, would be the, the wackadoo woo magic language. Yeah. Uh, that's magic <laughs> with a, with a CK. Uh-huh. Uh, the black magic, uh, the ceremonial magic, the high magic. Um, so, well, cool. I'm glad I asked about that. Um, so why the live version of that Dwight Yoakam song? Because that's the only one I could find on Spotify. Oh, okay. That's, that that wasn't uh, some weird cover or something like that. Cool. I was so glad that you put Oceanfront Property because that was the other one. I almost put that one too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, likewise, I'm glad you put these other ones too. I mean, like we said, there's, you can't like, go wrong. there's like 15 or 20 that you could have put easily. They're so good. They're yeah. all so good. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Okay, so one sort of what the fuck moment on your list was yeah. the Angels, My Boyfriend's Back. Yeah. It's like this doo-wop classic. Like, I came to... I came to love doo-wop later, later on in life. Loved it when I was a kid. So that's that's really cool. I had no yeah. idea. I had like a a, a, cas- a few cassettes that were like 50s rock and roll classics or something like that. And I wore those things out like as a kid kid. Awesome. You know, um, oh yeah, I loved all that stuff. I still do. Yeah. You know. Great. Um, so, okay. Um, now, you had Paradise City on there. Yeah. Now, I didn't get into Guns N' Roses until later. Um, in sort of like my like deep dive digging phase when I sort of was in junior high and whatnot. Um, so how were you exposed to Guns N' Roses? So this was one of the one of the my dad and his brothers sorts okay. of things. So when they lived with uh their, par- their parents, my grandparents in this house in Liberty, they all lived together for a while and we'd mm-hmm. go visit some for a while. We lived there with them. They had a game room that was converted from like a garage or something like that. And they had like a pool table out there and they made this little makeshift bar and they had like a high five setup essentially. Okay. And they had LPs of, uh, they had like the appetite for destruction LP. Mm-hmm. They had the end justice for all LP. Oh shit. Like, so I, I, what I remember most about that time, this is one of the songs in particular that I remember hearing from that yeah. time, but I remember like pouring over that album art and seeing- Do you remember how rapey? <laughs> Let's see, is it in here? All right, maybe, keep talking. Keep maybe talking. not, keep but talking. like I, I remember, like for example, the Injustice for All album art was like, I stared at that for what must have been days, I don't know, just like, what the hell is this? So no, I don't remember. You, you don't. You don't remember. You don't remember how how, how rapey. Maybe not. Maybe the album art is. Maybe I didn't open it all the way up and see. Oh no, I do remember this. Oh, that's fucked up. That's 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 that's. that's oh yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. 
<laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe this bothered me so much that I blocked it out. I don't know. I do remember seeing that at some point. Yeah, that, that's the whole reason I have. I brought the CD out here was was, was to <laughs> you ask. Saw that, you're like, do you know about this? I was like, do you remember how rapey the album art was Good on Guns Lord. and Roses? No, um. <laughs> no, I do not. But now I kind of do a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so that you know, that wasn't part of my memory. Let's say. Uh, although I think it will be now going forward. It's, 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 it's quite the image. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one of those things that I just heard from them playing that music. Right, right, right. It, so it it seems like there was a lot of... Uh, before I ask, before I go down that rabbit hole, let's just talk about how goddamn awesome of a fucking song Paradise City is for a second. It's a really, it's a really great song. So what that that's this is kind of something that struck me a lot with a lot of these songs sort of going back and revisit them and tell me if you had something similar of sort of because when I heard all these songs I I wasn't listening to them as a musician. Right? I was listening to right. them as a kid. Right. Someone who had no like had no desire to play music or had didn't, you know what I mean? But like going back and listening to these there's so many things I'm like oh these drums are so fucking good oh my god that guitar playing is so good um yeah I literally had I was listening to this before I came over earlier like in the shower listening to the playlist and it got to Paradise City and I was like I just kind of stopped and I was like man Slash's guitar tone here is fucking killer <laughs> it's insane and so I feel like I mean it, you know and I had this with like so many of of the songs, you know, like there's this 16th note hi hat thing in um, "You Were Always on My Mind," the Willie Nelson song that is like, it is so it's the most it's it's some of the most perfect drumming I've ever heard in my life, because awesome. to play 16th notes on the hi hat underneath like Willie Nelson's floaty ass phrasing and it feel <laughs> good, that's not easy. Like you might like hear it, and you're like, so fucking what? I can play blast beats. Who gives a shit? No, 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 no. Like making it feel the way that it felt on that recording, it's mind blowing. Like it's it is not easy. It is not, it is not easy. I trust you. Okay, but things like that, and then I feel like especially on Paradise City, right? Um, so this album, Appetite for Destruction, is like hands down one of the best fucking rock and roll records ever made. Yep. Like no 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 pushback from me. It had like it, I don't even I I don't I don't even know what is in contention with it, but I know that it is in the top. You know, I can't tell you something that's close to it. Um It's up there. I mean, it's, to me like looking back I, I wasn't really cognizant of it at the time, but to me it had the same effect in 87 for like that kind of music that Nevermind had in 91. Sure. Like, sure. It, just, it was just a fucking atomic bomb that went off. Right. Well, and the thing, too, about this record that I feel like gets swept under the, lo- the rug a lot is, um, like, how aggressive it is and how much of, a, like, a punk rock almost, yeah. in, you know, influence there is on it. Yeah. I mean, it feels substantial in a way that most of that time period's music like that doesn't to me. Yes. That is a very good way to say it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love I love hair ballads just as, you know, all that stuff. You know, like, I got a soft spot for all of it, whatever. Yeah. But this, even as a young kid, this was always like, well, that's not Cinderella. <laughs> 
Um, that's, that's not warrant. That is in a different fucking league. Yes. That is some different shit right there. Oh, this is the real shit is what it kind of felt like to me. And so like what really was striking me when I was listening to it was like the bass playing. Because the bass, I you know, how, you don't notice the bass playing when you're 12. Um, but, and so, but yeah, like, so the, and so like it, like the last like third of the song is just a guitar solo with the rest of the song happening on top of it. And that that doesn't fall apart, mm-hmm. that there's like all these bass fills, Slash does like a two minute guitar solo. Are you, are you talking about the double time part? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All of it. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, that's, and also I just want to say, man, that's such a cool, like when they make that transition and they just hold out the notes for a minute. Cause you're like, where are they? Cause if you had never heard that song before, you're like, what are they going to do? What right, is this? Right. And then it just right back into it. Oh, it's so good. And that that doesn't fall apart is a testament to how good of a band they were. Sure. Like that's, that's, that, that's not just like a good guitarist and a good singer and a good band. That's a good band. That's all of them, you know? Uh, yeah. Steven Adler on drums. I think Izzy Stradlin on rhythm guitar. Duff McKay's. All of them. It's like, yep. what a fucking force, you know? And I think a, something that happens a lot with bands like this, or even like Nirvana to a certain extent, is that, you know, the band gets a rep – Oh, like Guns N' Roses gets a rep for being like drunk partiers or whatever. And so you you imagine them as incompetent buffoons on stage yeah, or something. You know what I mean? Or you imagine Kurt sloppy as shit falling all over gear and you forget like, oh, no, no, no. These were killer bands. And right. they would slay the shit out of those fucking songs live, you know? Um, so, all right. There's... A few more things I wanted to ask you about. So, well, there's if you don't bring up something, there's something I'm going to hit it for sure. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. <laughs> so um, now there's two songs on there that are about a guy, like about people, like I'm going to be a musician and I'm just doing this musician thing. Do you feel like that? Are there? Well, yeah, man. I'm gonna be somebody someday, yeah, okay. and then like chasing that neon rainbow. Yeah, that's fair. That is true. Yeah, okay. You know, fair. and and so like, did that? No, there was no. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. No, so that chasing that neon rainbow and a lot of the country stuff that I was really into at the time, uh, like you had Brooks and Dunn on your list. Fuck yeah, and dude. I, I feel like a lot of it, like that's a great song too. By the way, that's a great album. Actually, it's so good. Um. A lot of that stuff, I would, I guess I would sort of do the thing that you were describing earlier. You were asking me if I do, if I sort of put myself in mm-hmm. to, the, to the headspace of the song. And I guess I kind of did that with a lot of those things. Because it just, like, I did, it wasn't aspirational uh-huh. in that sense, but it was like, it was very easy to put myself in it. I see. And so I think in that way, like we said, it was relatable. You know, I think in that right. way, it was very relatable to right. me. Right. I, I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, chasing that neon rainbow. I don't think I'd ever heard that song. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And, and it's, I think it's like one of my favorite songs ever now. Wow. Uh, it's a great song. It's man. so good. <laughs> hey man, Alan Jackson. Good you, shit. You can't. You, yeah, like Alan Jackson is is a. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't fuck with that guy. Um, let's see. All right, what do you got? Uh, well, so, okay. Well, so I'm gonna hit on all the the Repo Man stuff here. So, okay. So I, sure. In between the playlist and my notes, I could have put the entire Repo Man soundtrack on here. Right. Honestly, because it is such a bizarre 
eclectic collection of just fucking nonsense. Like what you know, what even is this album? It's 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 like <laughs> early eighties hardcore punk, but but it's also like this weird seventies like black exploitation bass yep. riff mm-hmm. sort of shit. Mm-hmm. But it's also this weird like down tempo loungy right nonsense. So th- that Circle Jerk song, uh, when the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. that's actually a re recording and a rewritten version of that song that they did for the soundtrack because if you just go look for the actual version right, it's on all their, punk rocky yeah it's just a punk okay. song okay it's it's still the same lyrics and everything but they they i think they got two different guys in the band or something like that and re-recorded okay. it for the soundtrack and it's this super down tempo thing weird. it's so weird it's, it's so good so weird yeah when the shit hits the fan so a lot of the stuff on this soundtrack came from my uncles and my dad finding it hilarious and just letting us hear it. Okay. And saying, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. And I just grew to love it. So, yeah, because that's like, that is a big, that is sort of the biggest departures in our two playlists is like the influence of, because, you know, all right, so you have, we'll get to this, I'm sure, but like you have like Cowboys from Hell on there. You have yeah. Guns N' Roses. You have Primus. These are things I would get to. You got to them sooner Right. Because of your uncles. Those were my gateways into that stuff, and that's how I got there. Right. Yep. And so – and you got there before I did, but I would get there eventually. Yeah. I I was an adult before I listened to Black Flag. I was an adult before I had listened to that Suicidal Tendency song. Um, and I, I mean adult, adult. I mean like I was like in like my late 20s. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so – but you got that shit – Early on, just because of this random soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, so, like, they were fans of the movie, but yeah. they were also fans of the soundtrack. And, they, I mean, they were fans of a lot of the bands on there, too. Like okay. Black Flag and Rollins later and Suicidal and all this stuff. So, was it one of your uncles, like, skater guys or something? K- kind of, but not really. Like, I don't think they ever did, but they they totally would have if they could have. Okay. I guess is a way to say it. They lived but- in the country, so no. Because like those two, those same two songs, right? Like institutionalized and like um, TV party. Yeah, like mm-hmm. both of those are on like, you know, are really important to uh, my friend Shay, mm-hmm. and he's like about like ten years older than us uh-huh. because he heard those songs while he was like skateboarding. Sure. As like a kid, you know what I mean? Because those, and, I mean, those songs are from eighty two and eighty three and eighty four, I think. Right, and so like that was his gateway into like thrash metal and Metallica, and then that eventually led to you know for him that's that's eventually like the 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 dominoes that fell that led to him being into you know uh, like Cannibal Corpse and Behemoth and shit like sure, that. Sure, they, sure. They all started with like suicidal and black flag while he was skating as a kid you know not for me it was like i've heard of that tv show they're talking about <laughs> oh hey i know what pepsi is right you know? right 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 yeah I, like, I thought it was funny at the, I mean, it was funny at the time but it also just let me hear good music sure and it just planted that seed right um yeah that's a, if you've never seen repo man by the way haven't go fucking watch repo man i haven't seen the transformers movie either okay well you listen I'll, I'll I'll lend you some I'll I'll buy some DVDs and lend them to you. Um, Repo Man's a fantastic movie. It's Emilio Estevez in the '80s being a weirdo. It's it's got that it's got that the uh it's got that Roddy Piper energy, you know. Okay. The, that's that sort of thing. 
uh, sort okay. of a straight man doing weird shit in a weird movie. Okay, it's, it's real good. Uh, the Transformers movie. I, you've really you've never seen that. I, yeah, I, yeah, man. I, I I wanted to be on the Transformers boat as a kid, but it somehow missed me. I there were know. a lot of Transformers boats. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um. The yeah. The whole so that soundtrack is like maybe mostly Sandbush. Just, okay. Just doing the shit. So this, uh, you got the touch. Like if you ever saw, you know, uh, fuck, what's the Marky Mark Boogie Nights? No. Is that the one? He where was Marky, in that. Where Marky Mark sings, you got the touch. I think. Oh, I don't know if he sings it in there, but. Oh, I can't remember now. I think I'm. I think, I think I'm pulling the right one. Anyway, that's like a hugely known song these days. Okay. And it's like looked back on as kind of cheesy, but also kind of cool. Right. Uh, the soundtrack is full of that stuff, and it's this is to me the dares to me the best song on there okay and like the part that it plays in in the movie is like you know shit's going down the heroes got to do their cool thing and they do this cool move and the, it's super sweet and it's nice. it's real good it's real good uh the, the soundtrack also has like weird owl and shit on it okay it's like just bizarro fucking transformers movie gets a lot of shit these days for being nothing but nostalgia and a way to sell more toys because what they did in the movie they killed off all the old characters and brought in a bunch of new ones oh. and that's not wrong they, that is why they did that but also they happened to make a great movie you know the voice cast of that movie judd nelson leonard nimoy orson wells ha it's fucking bananas the micro machines commercial guy you remember that dude <laughs> robert stack dude it's all over the place wow it's bananas it's, that's wow. a, yeah go watch the movie okay I'll, I'll, I will do that. Um, so, okay. So there's sort of like really just two big more, two big things I wanted to sort of run, ask you about. Okay. Um, one is how the fuck did you get into maybe they were giants or they, they might be giants. They could have been giants. Were, they could have were been those giants? giants. Were those giants? How many giants? Look at those giants. Um, because those two songs on there. Like, like, is the whole album like that? Because those are two of, like, the most, the best sets of lyrics I've ever heard in my life. This album and the one before it are some of the best albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. This one and Lincoln is the other album. Okay. They're all, Yes, they're all like that. They're all amazing wordplay, stupid situations, and just, like, bizarre surrealness. Fucking Particle Man. Yep. <laughs> like, I... Yep. So, the way that I found these albums, did you ever watch Tiny Toon Adventures? Yep. They did an episode at some point... Where they did they essentially did. music videos of those songs. No shit. And so if you saw I those, remember the Constantinople it, one. Yep. If you saw it, you saw, you know those songs. Shit. Because the, the Particle Man one was like them in a wrestling ring. I think like Plucky was getting trashed by somebody huge or something like that. Universe Man. It was yeah. Yep. Person Man. That's where. Yep. I I don't I, I have a remember a remembery a remembery. <laughs> I have. Of remembrance, rememberization, uh, um, a memorificate, a, mem a memorificate. I, <laughs> I have, Go on. I have a memory of the Constantinople Tiny Toons thing, but not the Particle Man. Right, right, right. Okay, so good to know. So good homework to do there. Yeah. Now, then the other thing I wanted to to run by you and ask you about. Well, first of all, do you know? Did you do you know how similar pork soda is to institutionalized? <laughs> do you realize that? Like lyrically, no. Well, vibe wise, because it's. Have you thought I guess about that? No, but. Okay, okay. 
I, I, I could pick up what you're putting down there a little bit. Yeah. He, hearing them like in the same like circle of a Venn diagram, it was like undeniable to me. Like, okay, Les Claypool clearly heard this fucking song and was like, well, if Mike Muir can do that, <laughs> then I, I'm like, like, it feels like, oh, well, this is Les Claypool's version of institutionalized. Um, nice. Okay. I can get behind that. Uh, I do want to point out real quick on the suicidal tip. So accept my sacrifice is also on here. Yeah. The the primary motivation for adding this is that five seconds at the beginning of the song where he goes, <laughs> stand by stomach, here come banana. And my, my uncles would play that and laugh their fucking asses off. And I would just come listen to it and laugh my ass off. They would just play it on repeat over and over again. And then the song would eventually come in and we'd listen to it. But that, that was one of those things. It was just like funny. It was a funny inside joke with our family. And that's how we found that. And that's why it's here. Wonderful, that's it. wonderful, wonderful. Because, uh, because when it, when I heard that, I was like, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, you know, uh, like that feels familiar. And I was like, I bet I heard this song before. And I was like, No, I have not. <laughs> um, there's like the song's very weird. And it it ha- really is. Yeah, it has like King Diamond vibes in it. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. strange. It's Robert Trujillo on bass too. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, all right, so one more that I wanted to 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 ask you about was uh, so fighting in the street. Yeah. So it's ridiculous that maybe the hippest thing on either of these fucking playlists is goddamn video game music. Hell yeah. So um, the Streets of Rage soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro. So it just sort of because you wouldn't think. Like, what of all this music, what's going to age the best? <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You would not. At the time, you would not have suspected that. And I feel like this is just the, a very tip of an iceberg of, like, a whole, like, sort of video game music episode that we need to do where you sort of, like, probably do a deep dive on all that. Because I'm, I'm pretty ignorant of all of that. Like I've enjoyed it all passively, but I, I don't understand it. Sure. And, and like the history and the development of it, the way that you do. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the bottom line is that this, this dude was known for creating like really good music. And at this time and on this game series. So the guy who did this music also developed the games, at least in part with his wife. Okay. That is like did the game and he did the soundtrack and he was like a club musician in Japan. Uh, and he just had this hardware that most people just didn't use in the way that he was doing it at the time. Okay. And so he was able to come up with shit like this. And it's this, the style, I don't even know how to describe the style of it exactly. It's like some weird hard style or early, early techno club yeah. mix. Yeah. It, I don't know. Fucking awesome though. I don't know, but it's the it's, whole soundtrack is that and it's, it's great. It's so like the layers and the melodies, and then it also is like the. It's like it's just so listenable, but so interesting, and it just perfectly balances it. Perfect, like that style of music seems to balance those two things so well, like being so listenable and so interesting at the same time. Yeah, because you got to think. I mean, they're they're they're. You have to write it so that you can hear it a lot. Yeah. And not get tired of it. Right. Right. So it can't be too repetitive. It's got to have all these things in it. Right. But it's also got to like go down easy 
In a so sense. it takes like a, an actually really good musician to pull that off. Right. Because you can write something that doesn't repeat, but it's garbage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. Yeah, good good call out there. Yeah, man, for fucking real. Um, so, um, all right, is there anything else that you want to throw out there? Some some like it hot is a very. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that a, song. That's a very. I I know I've heard it before. It's a weird song. I still love that song. <laughs> Unironically. Okay. I. The horn arrangements, and the drumming in it, because it's not just. It's not just like oh, this is a really. Their approach to sort of the orchestration of the drums is very sort of, it feels almost modern in a sense. Like the sounds aren't modern, okay? But the sort of the, where we're using, we're going to use drums as texture and even melody. Sure, yeah. And uh, that's not something that you typically hear. Um, And... Yeah, I don't know. So so there was a a cassette, like a two cassette like series or something like from Time Life or some shit like that. You know, they do sounds of the 70s or whatever. So they had one called Rock Dreams that I like somehow got a hold of, Perfect. right? And it had like this on it. It had the look. Um it had like 8675309 and and sort of a bunch of sort of like I guess that like power pop Right, kind of vibe. Was and it one of the kind that there was like the commercial for? The call, oh yeah, the eight hundred number. Yep, that's Rock that's, Dreams. I yeah. probably saw that a million yeah. times. I've got the cassette somewhere. Um, I could probably just have that category of commercial on this list <laughs> because there were so many commercials like that that I learned so many songs from. For real, and um, but yeah, so I had just an infatuation with these two songs, and they were both on on that, you know. Um, like, I, yeah, and and I still I still love listening to them. Like these, I didn't have to like these. I have listened to recently because I, okay, I I didn't have to like. Oh my gosh, I didn't know how clever this was or how good the drumming. No, because I no no because I I like listened to it like last year, you know, because <laughs> um, those those two songs are fucking amazing to me, uh, and so, um. Yeah, and like Jackal is so like Jackal, Blaze of Glory, um, Damn Yankees. Those sort of all sort of fit in like a same category to me of like a like me and my mom hearing a song and then like going and finding that record. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that Jackal record, I know like every word of that fucking record. Nice. And 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 I got it right here. And so interesting little tidbit here. Oh, I've okay. seen this record. I didn't realize I'd seen this record. So this is not mine. Okay. This belongs to a mutual friend of ours. Oh? This belongs to Stu from Sever the Silence. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Good. Perfect. Of course it does. So, Who the uh, fuck else would have this album? Yeah, right? Uh, so long story short, we all severed had played in Fort Worth, and then we... I had to do a church gig 
the Sunday morning. So we drive in for we drive all night. We drive in from Fort Worth, and this is there's actually a lot of events that happen in the story. I'm gonna get right to the ones that pertain to Jackal. So I call up Stu so we can stay with Stu, and so while Robert and Jeremy are still passed out after picking me up from the church gig, me and Stu are hanging out, and I find this CD. And I like turn it on and like fucking crank it up and me and Stu fucking jam out and like sing every fucking lyric to this while y'all are trying to like sleep on the couch or trying to sleep in his bed or some shit. Like literally in the next room and then later on like five feet away. Yeah. Like Jackal and Cannibal Corpse (laughs) and fucking uh, whatever else. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, check this. Yeah, because he like wanted to like play me heavy shit. Yes. Check on Dying Fetus. Dying Fetus. There we go. And I was like, no, 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 no. Come on. Ah. Stand alone today. I was like, that's what I want to fucking do right now. I don't give a shit how hard you are. Like, let's fucking. I mean, sometimes you're just trying to sleep and you just you just hear this chainsaw in, in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, uh, one more sort of like little tribute on my playlist. So, uh-huh. with the REM song. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that too. That's I wouldn't have expected that honestly. Um, I I remember I have this very specific memory of seeing them play on like Saturday Night Live. Oh, cool. And seeing them play that song and just being like, this is the coolest song. Losing My Religion. Yeah. yeah. This is the coolest song. And then uh, my mom was like, oh, well, I already have that cassette. <laughs> and like went and pulled it out of like the, because our record player had like, there was record, you know, it was like the receiver and everything. And then it was like a little drawer for cassettes and then like records underneath it. And like, um, and she pulled out that cassette. And in that moment, I was like, my mother is the coolest human being to have ever lived. Oh man. Good. And, uh, very good. So, um, do you have yours or is that mine pulled up? This is yours. Okay. So, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that, that's the last one I wanted to throw out on mine. Um, I, I want to ask about this this cowboy's hat. Because what 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 the fuck is the song? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, Chris Ledoux's George Strait for hipsters. Um, really? <laughs> for that, that cut me off guard. I was like, "Where is this going?" Okay, okay, all right. I'm like, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you can. Was you can ride a black tornado across the western sky, uh, wrestle a blue northern, you know. Uh, yeah, it's good. But uh, it's one of those songs. That's another one that I think of in terms of me and my mom going on like a scavenger hunt. Because, okay. Because we heard that on the radio, some random, like, you know some random country station or maybe at night or something like that. It was like, this is the coolest fucking song I've ever heard. Cause it was, you know, it was like a story and like, you, right. you it's like, like super grandiose. It's this tall tale basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and I was just in, I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And, uh, and it took us a while to like track down who the fuck it was. And so imagine. it was like this, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow kind of thing a neon rainbow perhaps um because i want to think i want to say that we even had to like like that i like asked like like we started asking people that we knew 
like because my mom used to work at a feed store off a of 321 called Mr. B's. And so there was like, you know, there was lots of people who like did rodeos and shit around there. And we were friends with them. Like, I want to say that we had to like, we, we went to that level of like, Hey, so there's this, there's this, you know, you do, you wear cowboy shit. Oh, like literally just asking around town, asking the locals. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow, like you nice. wear, you wear cowboy shit. You ever, there's a song about like a cowboy's hat or something like that. And eventually someone was like, Oh, you're talking about that Chris Ledoux song. And it was like, fucking <laughs> write that shit down. Write it on my hand. You know? And then it took us forever to like find a cassette that had it on there or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's a weird one, but I, you know, yeah. It, it's funny because like I listen to it now and it's like, what? The, it, it actually gave me an idea for maybe like another kind of episode or something to like explore of like, like what is this fucking like, like what is this like antagonism, antagonist bravado shit? And because um, at first because of like my lens, right? I'm like, because I feel like I have like, I have met the people who like hear this song and they're like, yeah, cause cowboys. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with cowboys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. You know, like I, I feel like I've met those people. Um, and, and so like my first sort of thought, I was like, what the fuck is with these cowboy assholes? Like you're wearing a goddamn costume. Like it doesn't mean you know how to fucking fight. It doesn't mean you know how anything, whatever. Um, here's fucking dude who's wearing a fucking outfit. Slow your fucking roll. Um, step off that tornado, buddy. Yeah, step off that tornado. Um, but then it was like, okay, well, hold on. This isn't like unique to country music. Like 90% of the music that we listened to when we were in high school was antagonistic. You know, like, you, duh, 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 you know, you jump the fuck up and you back the fuck off and you get the fuck out and you go the fuck away. And like, it's all the, you just listed every disturbed and God's smack. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, go away, keep away, stay away. Go away. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's not like this is unique to country music, but it's, no. it's like a very, like, I don't know if it's like, okay, is this like a unique male thing? Is this like, what, what is this fucking thing? You know what I mean? I guess like the difference the thing that is like different about that song is the way that it portrays it is it's not like, cause the thing that would, the way that it's portrayed in like a lot of new metal and stuff we grew up listening to is like this person slighted me and he doesn't know me and I'm going to fuck him up. Right. Um, the way it's portrayed in that song is like, this guy doesn't understand cowboys and I'm a cowboy and on this steel horse I ride. And so it's a different there is there is like a little bit of a different thing, but uh but anyway. I mean to me it just felt it had this air of goofiness to it. Yeah. Like <laughs> almost like a self uh uh not self-referential, but like it was it was self-aware a bit. Yeah. To to uh, it was still doing what it was doing, but it was kind of like eh, eh. Like we know what we're doing. And I'm not sure that it is. <laughs> That's what I got from it, but yeah, maybe not. I'm not sure that it is. I uh, I like to ascribe that to it anyway. That makes me feel like I I like it a bit more. Makes it feel better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, great song, cool fucking song. I remembered it. I haven't sure. listened to it in fucking 25 years, and I remembered it. So that's that says something, right? right? Um. Okay. Oh, 
Oh, shit. Oh, man, dude. Way to end the party. Uh, well, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. Anything else you want to add? I mean, the, the, the last thing I think we have any touched on on my list anyway it's, is this fucking Simpsons song. Oh, yeah. Like, I, did, I didn't want to touch on it. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy listening to fair. it. Fair. It's real bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's the first time I heard, I guess, just like blues. B- blues. Okay. Was Homer I did, I don't singing even have, Born Under a Bad Sign. I don't even have a memory of that happening in the show or anything. I don't. It didn't. It was, oh, okay. This was a whole album they put out. Okay. Of the Simpsons singing the blues. And they just did <laughs> blues covers. The The first song on the album is Do the Bartman, which was oh. a, like a joke from the show, I think. I forget, honestly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it was also like a single, I think, at the time. Okay. Uh, but I, like, I was way into Simpsons as a kid. Like, I had Bart so shirts. So was I. And yeah. I, it was fantastic. But yeah, I had this album and I listened to it a lot and it was really bad. <laughs> it was just not good. This is, I, I remember there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like cassette that I got that you got got from like Pizza Hut. Yeah, I think I'm, I had that. I'm not talking about like the soundtracks. No, that's what I'm talking about. No, you know. Uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a different thing. But like some sort of weird incidental music that you end up listening to because it's attached to some other thing you're into. Yep. Like oh well, dude, they gave me the Killer Instinct CD. I guess I like this now. Uh, I guess I have to listen to this. Um. So, okay, there is one more question. Okay. One more thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, so, Cowboys from Hell. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, oh, yeah, true. And this will probably be a good, a good spot. Um, so, I'm assuming this is another one uh, that you heard from your uncles. Very directly, actually. The, the most direct of all of these, as a matter of fact. So, uh, so what was that like? What is your memory of like hearing Cowboys from Hell? Oh, I can tell you exactly what it was. It's extremely vivid. So, we were uh, me and a, at least a couple of my uncles were my, specifically my uncle Corey, who's the one who gave me this cassette. We're visiting my grandparents up in Jasper, and we were just hanging out at their house. And I think at the time, I had been super still into country for the most part. And I had, like, my mom had Columbia House, so we had, I had some cassettes of my own that I had, <laughs> I took with me places and listened to in my Sony Walkman, mm-hmm. right? And I, I never asked, I didn't ask at the time, I, and I never asked since, I should do this one of these days. My impression was always that he saw me listening to this country, and he was like, give this boy some real fucking music. Uh-huh. Because he handed me, I think it was like in a Ziploc bag, just the bare cassette of Cowboys from Hell. And he was just like, he basically was like pushed it at me. He was like, here you go, man. Have fun. And I walked like into the, like, the back bedroom there and I had my cassette thing with me and I was just going to go chill back there. And so I put it on. It starts off Cowboys. The first mm-hmm. first song of the album is Cowboys from Hell. And it just starts out with like, and it just buzz, you know, it busts into that song. And even on the cassette, the, like the fidelity of that audio was just, it's ripped you apart with how fucking cool that song was. Right. And I had never, like, I had heard metal here and there, right? I never listened to it on my own mm-hmm. until then, really. And how old were you? That was easily the, the heaviest shit I had listened to. Oh, of course. I mean, this wasn't, like, super early. This It had to have been, like, 94. So I must have been, like, 11. Oh, so you were, like, 10 or 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, it, yeah, this wasn't super duper early. Uh, but... I just hadn't been into metal until then. I see. Uh, per se. And so that was it. And like, right. 
I listened to probably most of the rest of that album at the time, just like in one sitting, probably. I, but that was it. Yeah. I fucking tell you, man, because I, I, I was I've been doing sort of a, a deep dive lately on like my drumming influences and some things like that. And so I was listening. I, I recently sort of went back and listened to all the Pantera stuff. And hot damn, dude, that first record holds up really well. It does. It really does. Um, way better than I thought it, it. It to me, to me, it's aged better than Vulgar has. Um, I haven't listened to Vulgar in a little while, but I suspect that I would agree. Yeah, like, um, so, but I mean, Vulgar, Vulgar has so many classic songs on it, but um, there's just a charm. There's like a there. It's there's a comic bookiness to cowboys from hell that like makes it still feel fun like it's fun in the way that judas priest is fun you know and it but it's still fucking pantera it's still heavy it's still so aggressive and it's still so goddamn like interesting and unique and weird it's Um, very weird and so but you don't have like uh you know but yeah, but it's it's fantastical, and none of their other stuff is fantastical. No, like it's 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 fun is a good way to describe it, really, because mm-hmm. on that album, it that album sounds like that album cover. Yeah, where they're just jumping around a fucking bar like goobers. Yeah, yeah, and they're just yeah, playing yeah. some of the most like intricate, bizarre shit. It's kind of funny in weird ways yeah. on that album. But and then you get to vulgar, and it's just like. Right, like yeah. they put it on a fucking straight face, and sure. it's time to like get like they totally. Right lost that for basically the rest of their career totally so yeah. totally and yeah yeah and then fucking poor Vinny. they're like Vinny's not a fat dude Vinny is he's not even a big dude he's a short he's short and they're like oh well there's got to be you you're the drummer you got to be a fat one put a sandwich in his hand <laughs> so fucked up man Vinny got done wrong on that they, album they did him cover. wrong they did him dirty could have given a bowling ball could have put something else in his hand man like uh whiskey bottle anything yeah fucking sandwich <laughs> the fuck I've done that boy wrong oh. um, hopefully but, it was his idea <laughs> yeah, you know it wasn't no, okay, well. um, so and I, I'm sure we're going to talk about Pantera at length oh yeah several for several several more times anyway um, if you're still listening to this thank you so much uh, all that good stuff yeah uh, totally we're, we're I gonna, think we went well over what we sort of expected to. So far over, um, and uh, and our cameras died here, <laughs> our close-up cameras, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna keep figuring this thing out. And uh, anyway, later's cool. <laughs>